question everything because once you become vegan, there's this veil that is lifted and you're like, oh my God, if I've been fooled about that my entire life, what else out there am I being fooled about? You're listening to the Vegans Who Lift podcast with John Thomas and Brooke Sellers. In each episode, our hosts get real about the world of competitive bodybuilding and answer your questions on several different topics. So here are your hosts, John Thomas, the bodybuilding vegan, and Brooke Sellers, Miss Meatless Muscle. Welcome back to the Vegans Who Lift podcast. We are your favorite vegans, your hosts. I'm Brooke Sellers, Miss Meatless Muscle, and I'm here with the bodybuilding vegan, John Thomas. What is up, John? What is up? Welcome back, everybody. I'm super stoked for this. I'm sitting next to one of the most influential people in my life, um, which which is saying a lot because I surround myself with, I like to say, think some, some pretty high level people. But um, yeah, so we're going to talk a lot about charity today, about giving back, a little bit about mental health. We've got a lot going on here. Uh, so if you guys haven't seen him before, this gentleman right here, Brent Haggood, the creator and founder of One to Save Many, and non-for-profit business. Business? business? Uh, yeah. You call it business? Is it, it, it is like a business. It's like running a business, except instead of taking money from the business, we just give it all back to the animals, to animal sanctuaries. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Brooke, my memory is failing me here in my old age. Was it Brent that connected me with you or you that connected me with Brent? Because I know that's how this got started a couple of years ago. Gosh, I don't know. Me and so me and Brent knew each other before I knew you. Okay. Me and Brent met through a mutual friend. Um, but I can't remember. I know Brent was your client. Yeah. I don't know. I know I reached out to to John independently because I was freaking out about my show. So I can't remember where we all kind of came together, honestly. I'll take full credit. I'll take it. It's all me. It's I totally me. One hundred percent. It it probably was. We all smoke way too much weed to uh, remember. Wow, just throwing us out there. Actually, I want to have a talk about that sometime. It doesn't have to be today. Maybe if y'all are listening, let us know in the comments below if you've ever dealt with what you feel like is an addiction to weed or marijuana. Because I know for me, lately, it's been an escape. And when I start realizing... I'm waiting for eight o'clock so I can escape. Well, maybe there's something deeper going on, but that, that doesn't have to be what we're, what we're jumping into today. Uh, we normally start this off with, we have a few different things we do at the beginning to kind of break the ice, make Brent feel comfortable and like he can open up. <laughs> but um, yeah, you want to start with our wins for the week? Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, John, you go first. Okay, I was going to say it's not win of the week this time. It's wins, and so that I don't be the only person talking, I'm going to talk fast. So last weekend, I got to go with Sean, and we ran a one to save many table in St. Pete at a street party. Not only did I get to eat a ton of vegan food, we raised almost $1,000 in sales, which is like, let's go, because that's going to the animals. I had two very special, very, very special heart-touching moments there. I'll call those my biggest wins. Uh, A six-year-old wanted this herbivore shirt so she could tell all her friends that she was vegan. Um, That was incredible. And then also there was a 14-year-old trying to go vegan 
and I encouraged her on her journey and helped her helped her purchase a shirt because it was a little outside of her 14 year old budget. And I thought that that was like the biggest thing I could do to encourage her and support her on her journey because her family's not vegan yet. You're 14. You know what it's like. You can get bullied or whatever. So I, I just want to like give her a little wind in her sails. And then it put wind back in my sails too. In addition to that, I got Brent here. We got another table coming up this weekend. I got some training. I trained with an IFBB pro this week. It is just nonstop win, 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 win for me. Um, so that's me. Brooke, do you your next? Yeah, uh, mine's pretty simple. I, and I'm kind of copying yours from last week, but I revamped my website and it launched this week, mealsmuscle.com. It used to be mealsmuscle.net. For some reason, somebody owned .com, I think, forever. But um, yeah, we we got both of them now. So we revamped the website. It's going to be awesome. Um, we made some some updates to it. And it's really cool because it's like, I, I'm sure John, yours is the same way. It's kind of interactive. So people can send you messages through the website and uh, you can email people. So I'm just super excited about that. Dot com. That's how you know it's Dot legit. Com. It's legit. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what about you, Brent? Uh, I'm happy to be here. Like, I can't even tell you how excited I am to be down here. So for those that don't know, I live in Michigan and it's really cold and miserable and gloomy. So in addition to getting to hang out with this guy and do a uh, one to say many table at a, at a vegan block party, I'm just happy to be in the Florida sunshine. So um, I'm, I can't tell you how happy I am to have sunshine. You guys both probably take it for granted. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. I do. Sometimes it's hot in Florida, but at least, at least we're not like covered in snow. Yep. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I'll, I couldn't do it. I'll throw out a couple more wins. This one. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. This one we we've launched. This is by Sam. Yeah. yeah. Sam actually out of Gainesville, out of my hometown. She makes this design. I. I kind of came up with this. Only plants. I mean, it's <laughs> fucking we'll hilarious. If you guys want to get either of these, one to save many.com is where you go. And 100% of proceeds are donated to animal charities. So it's really cool to launch something like this and see like 10 of them fly. I saw your quarter, your order come in, Brooke. Um, yeah, I just yeah. got it yesterday. It's, I'm, I'm wondering how many people will get it. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, I, it's just going to be cool. But then you also get the rainbow one too. So. Yeah, I this, see the only gains. I see the only gains and only carb shirts all the time in the gym. So I feel like uh, I feel like vegans will get it and they'll like it. Awesome. Yeah, I just want to say this one real quick. Uh, the uh, artist behind the Sam like donated this to one to say many. Yeah, you know, super talented artist. So outside of uh, these shirts, you can also go and and see her directly. And she sells uh, one to say many bags at her booth, where a hundred percent of the profits go to charity as well. So that's what we're all about. Yeah. Well, now we are in my own little backstory about Brent. He kind of you guys have already seen this. If you watch the podcast, you've seen me get caught with my pants down. Well, <laughs> Brent actually caught me with my pants down, which sounds weird. We're just friends. But he asked me, which which is a very interesting. He had a, he had a good quarter at his business. He does run a full time business. Everything for one to save many here. That's on the side. Uh, I mean, it might overflow and be actually more than 40 hours a week from one to save many, but he does have a full-time job, full-time obligation. And he did well there one quarter and he reached out. He said, Hey, John, I want to donate some more money this quarter. What charities do you recommend? 
And I just sat there looking at my phone like, wow, I'm an asshole. I don't donate anything. And so that that got the wheels turning in my head, almost, I think, the same way that like when somebody first brings the idea of vegetarianism or veganism to you, the wheels start turning. And I thought I probably should donate. And I, I think I did. I think Elisha, Elisha, um, she had like a fundraiser going on to raise money yeah. for like some rangers in Africa yep. to protect animals. I put a little bit of money there. And I was like, OK, I did something. And then Brent sent me a shirt and told me to donate to charity. And I was like, all right, I can do this. And that, that was kind of how one to save many got started. I don't want you to take it all away from him, but he introduced charity into my life. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Cause for me, it's like one of the most fulfilling things I can get, like a good hug, helping somebody else on their journey or charity. Like any of those three are like biggest dopamine hit that I can get in a yep, day. For sure. So, Super grateful for that. So we normally have our wins, and then we jump into a game. And I think Brooke, yeah, because Brooke on top of things, she's like making show notes. She's making the games. She's putting in the work, whereas I'm just showing up and trying to do my best. She's done this, so she can take all the credit. What do we got? It's my yeah, it's my crippling type A personality. So you know that's that's all it is there. But anyways, um, we came up with the question in a jar, but I didn't have a big have a big enough jar, so I just did a shaker cup. But that's very fitting, uh, for the vegan two lift <laughs> podcast. And this is the biggest shaker cup I have. So we're just gonna pick a question, and we all have to give our answers. We shake it up. All kinds of random stuff in here, so I don't even know what to expect. All right. And Brent has to go first. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. What two things do you do you consider yourself to be bad at? <laughs> it could be anything. I know one. That's a really long list. I know what John's John is gonna say. Mm -hmm. uh, picking myself first. Uh, and um, articulating my thoughts. That's probably top of my list. <laughs> Great. So he didn't yeah. want to be on the podcast, and now he can't even talk about how he didn't want to be on the podcast. That's, that's uh, I feel like you're so articulate. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's my impression, but I feel like whenever you message me, it's just so well written and so well thought out. That's because I'm behind a keyboard and I can write and rewrite and and. But in the moment, like a lot of times, the the from my brain to my mouth, it doesn't doesn't happen the way I want it to. I, I'm gonna I, I get that because I like to think I'm witty and clever, and I'm I'm talking to a woman right now, and we hadn't gotten on the phone yet, so like I can make all these cute little texts and then like rewrite it, and then when it was time to get on the phone, I was like, shit, I hope I'm still funny. Like I hope I <laughs> I hope I can keep up because now it's in real time, but. You're doing great so far. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you have done really well with putting yourself first lately. So, and that is a hard thing to do um, for empaths, you know, it but is, yeah. Um, yeah. So what about you, John? Ooh, I was going to say one more for Brett and this is not a pick. We just, we talked about this for like four hours yesterday, uh, scaling, scaling in business, like how we're going to make want to save Rennie reach millions of people instead of thousands. Like obviously we have to hit thousands first, but, and, and then it, to me, it all ties back in because if we can scale this in a way that doesn't kill the founder, 
I think we'll do much better long term. <laughs> so, I mean, I want him there. I want him to be. We were even talking like, you know, it'd be cool if Steve Jobs was still around to see what he had created, and that's that's what I want for this guy. So, um, but yeah, you you have taken some big steps, and we don't have to dive into them now. But I can say, as your friend, you have some big jumps you've taken this year Thank towards you. taking care of yourself. I appreciate it. And, you know, we, we all need to do that, especially if you're empaths, especially if you struggle with anxiety or guilt. So you said two things I'm bad at. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, see, I was trying to think of something funny, so maybe I'm not funny. You <laughs> <laughs> say, hmm. Man, this really puts you on the spot, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It makes you start to quit. I'm sure there's somebody driving to work like, shit, what am I bad at today? (laughs) Saying saying no is something I'm getting better at. I would say I'm a little bit objectively bad. And the reason that I want to say no is so that I can say yes to other things. Trying to figure out, in a similar boat as Brent, like, should I work with this client? When you first start out as a coach, you take every everyone you can get, whether or not it's a gonna blow up in your face or not. You you still take it because you need the experience. You might need the money. <sighs> Frankly, I want to help people, and I think figuring out that line between someone that wants to be helped and someone that's just not yet ready for it. Yeah, I struggle with that sometimes. So saying no is going to be a big one. Even saying no to myself when I'm like, oh, I can handle this. That's why I'm always late everywhere. It's not because I'm not a punctual person. I, I guess maybe I'm not, but okay, yeah, punctuality, that's something I could work on. But the reason that that fails for me is because I'm like, oh, I'll do these five projects in the next hour. And it's like, that wasn't going to happen, dude. Um, I'm leaning into this more, but I'll put, I'll put traveling. I'm mm-hmm. not... I, I like to have my stuff, whether full disclosure, whether I'm traveling with drugs, whether it's food, clothes, I like to have all my stuff. So, and I don't really fit on planes. So it's <laughs> unless I fly first class, which I've never done because y'all don't pay me enough yet. Uh, no, just, <laughs> uh, so I feel like I'm getting really long winded here, but traveling is something I really want to emphasize for myself in 2025. It's interesting. I don't use the word coincidence as much anymore, but synchronicities. It's very interesting that like Sean floated the idea of Vegans Explore going global in 2025, whereas normally behind me there's a world map and I was planning on taking myself global in 2025. So I'm trying to lean into that. And and, and basically, wonderful question. I would ask the listeners, what are you bad at or what are you scared of? And that's what you should lean into to an extent. I mean, I shouldn't go try and be a bikini competitor. I'd be bad at that. (laughs) Leaning into things that I'm scared of, because that's probably where I have the most roller skating. I'm bad at roller skating. But you know what? If I'm 90% of the way on my bodybuilding journey to get to 91, it's going to take me another year. Roller skating, I went from 0% good to like 9% good in an hour. That's lightning speed. So if you go do something you're bad at, you can get better really fast so i'm gonna shut up brooke what are two things you're bad at oh well those are good ones and i and i just wanted to say i totally relate to the travel one travel stresses me out especially flying and it's kind of for the same reasons like i don't i just i like i i'm a creature of habit i love routine 
And so sometimes getting thrown out of my routine is kind of just, it gives me anxiety and I hate the airport and like long drive. So it's like, I don't know, once I get there, I'm good and I enjoy it and I can have fun, but getting there is just so, I don't know, it gives me so, so much anxiety. So I totally get that. Um, my two things, I would say one, the first thing that came to mind was I have a really hard time taking a chill pill. Um, and I, I, that was kind of my new year's resolution was I really need to manage my stress. And I feel like my stress has induced some of my health issues I've dealt with for the past year. Um, but even lately, like I just have a hard time shutting my brain off at night. Like I'll be laying in bed and then I'll just think about all the things I need to do tomorrow or all the things that I should have done today. Like what I have to do the next day, all this, all these things piling up and I'm really, really, really trying to work on my stress. I'm not a good meditator. I, I know I need to. Um, I, don't, I just have a hard time. But I know it's one of those things. It's, again, kind of like training, right? Where you, the more in roller skating, the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I don't, it's something I need to work on or, or journaling. I used to journal every day and that helped me so much. And I need to get back to that. So I would say managing stress. Um, I'm terrible at that and I need to get better at that. Uh, number two, bowling. I absolutely suck <laughs> at bowling. Do not ask me to go bowling. I straight up, I won't do it. Like, if a guy ever asked me to go on a date bowling, no, I'm done. <laughs> like, it's not, I'm so bad at it, it's not even fun. Like, I will gutter ball it every single time. Like, I'm terrible. And I, I really feel like my, my coordination kind of sucks. That's why I'm a bodybuilder, because so I don't have to, like, throw a ball around. I can just go to the gym and, like, lift stuff and put it down. Um, so, yeah, don't don't ever ask me to go bowling. It's not going to happen. That's fair. That's honest. That's real honest. <laughs> I will say, Brooke does a good job of taking care of herself, at least better than I'm at yet, because I tried to talk to her on, like, Sunday, and I was like, hey, dude, you want to hop on a call? And she's like, Sunday's my day off. And I was like, fuck yeah, good for you. Like, I, I love that she was honest about what she needed. And see, that's where I might have would have been like, oh, shoot, yeah, I could work today. I could add this onto my plate. And then I do that 20 times, and then my day off becomes a very full day. So good for yeah. you, dude. Um, I have to. Like, I have to set those boundaries for myself or I'll just – I will run myself into the ground. And I did that with my bodybuilding prep, and that's kind of where I end up ended up where I was at at the end of it. Um, so I just have to tell myself, no, you're clocked out. You're done. Don't go on Instagram. If you go on Instagram, just act like you're a normal person on their Instagram, not a business person on their Instagram. You're not a content creator today, you know. Um, but it's it's really helped me so that that way Monday I can like hit the ground running and I'm back to it. Um, but yeah, I, I can totally be a workaholic. And another thing I'm trying to do, I'm like, no working between your sets. You know, even if it's like a two minute, especially, you know, on compound lifts, like I'll have like a two to three minute rest. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just message this person back really fast. I'm like, no, stop it. You got to stop doing that. So that was another thing I told myself this year, stop working between sets. So I'm really trying to dial back uh, my, my workaholic syndrome here. Yeah. For me, do not disturb works really well because yeah. I know my brain. I used to not use do not disturb. And then I asked a 17-year-old, hey, buddy, how do I turn this on on my phone because I can't figure it out? He's like, you do this. And I was like, my phone will still work, though? And he's like, 
yeah, Grandpa, it's still going to work. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. I pretty much turned that on, and I have not turned it off because I would get a question from a client. Like, I had a client ask a wonderful question the other day. She said, why, why do we still have cardio when I'm bulking? And that's a great question. People might not know that. Like, there's a number of reasons. I'm going to release a YouTube video. If you want to watch it, go subscribe to my channel. Ha ha. But my brain starts answering that question, even if my fingers or mouth are not answering the question. And I've done that before where I'm like, I'm not going to work while I work out. And then I didn't have do not disturb on. The question comes through. I've answered that question 500 times before my session's done. I'm like, I should have just taken care of this and then shut it off. So for me, do not disturb is really helping. But I, I'll hop on Instagram to do one thing. Send Brent something funny. And then yeah. a company like, hey, you want to work with us? I'm like, yeah, I do. And then <laughs> somebody's like, hey, I'm looking for a contest prep coach. Want to talk? And I'm like, yeah, five minutes. And the next thing I know, I've been on my phone for 30 minutes. And I don't know what I've done. Yep. But it, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. People don't get it. I know people say, oh, once I get Instagram famous, I'm going to reply to everybody every day. I'm like, cool, dude. You got six or eight hours to sit in your DMs. More power to you. But I got shit to do. And and I do get back to everybody. It's just out of the priorities. I got my paying clients. I got friends and family. And then I got my DMs. So if it takes me a couple of days, it's not that I don't love you. It's just I'm either getting paid or I got a chance to be in person with somebody. It took me a while to get there, though. My 20, 20, I don't remember. My 30th birthday. Yeah, my 30th. Because I just turned 31. I forgot that the other day. My mom had to remind me how old I am. On my 30th birthday, I spent 13 hours replying to DMs and messages. That was that was my birthday. Because I thought, oh, all these people care about me. I need to get back to them yeah. because I don't want to let anybody down. Yeah. And so what did I do? I put everybody else first. I don't even fucking remember that birthday. I was just. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we've, we've talked. I've talked enough. <laughs> Everybody's like, John, shut up. We want to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, Brent, who's way too humble. He won't say all these things, but <laughs> give us a little bit of backstory, man. How, how old are you? I'm turning 50 this Saturday. So my birthday. No, no, woohoo. <laughs> I keep for me because I keep calling you 50 on accident. You're like, dude, I'm not fucking 50 yet, yeah. but you'll be there soon enough. Yeah. John calls me grandpa. He calls me all kinds of fun things. So I can't wait until he's my age. Just not <laughs> not daddy. That's that's the only place we <laughs> No, but Brent, you I feel like you're a perfect example of, you know, you always see these vegans who are, you know. I don't know. They look amazing as like every year they get older and they, they just feel, they look like they're reversing in age. And I feel like you're one of those people like I you do you not, you, <laughs> you nice. seriously, you look 10 years younger than you are. Oh, like, I think the, she the wants vegan lifestyle works for you. Uh, I think she's going to ask for a shirt after this for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have 10 as many as you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But seriously though, I feel like, um, I don't know what it is. I need to research it, but I do feel like, the telomeres, the telomeres. Yeah, there you go. And then you can put some research in, like your type A into that brook, and then I can share it and be like, "Look, guys, there's science behind this. Like, don't just look at Brent reversing an age, but there's science there." So I think it's I think it's everything. I think when you're 
vegan and you lift, like you're just kind of on a path where you're paying attention to not just the, not just being vegan, but maybe whole foods, maybe like drinking enough water, maybe like not um, being prescribed to as many pharmaceuticals. I mean, it's like, I just feel like when you're vegan, you're, you're just, your mindset's different. You just see the world differently and you have like a lot of benefits that like anti-age you or at least slow down the aging. So it's all the pharmaceuticals that are making me look old. Nah. <laughs> I do look a little older than I am, but that's okay. Stop. Um, I like how you said, you know, it's not just vegans that, that lift because we're vegans who lift podcasts. <laughs> you tied that in there. Okay. Let's, let's dive into you a little bit. Give a little bit of backstory. Where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in Waterford, Michigan. Okay. I lived in Waterford, Michigan until I was 20 years old. Um, my fiance slept with my best friend, mm. one of the most horrible things in my life. And uh, I had to get out of that town and I moved four hours to Northern Michigan where I spent uh, seven years in Northern Michigan. And, uh, after that I moved downstate. I was a, I did commercial audio and video. Like I was the guy putting satellite dishes on top of skyscrapers and doing access control and security cameras. And uh, that was kind of where my, my main business now has started. I started that, that business out of my house. And after doing that for about 20 years, um, uh, activism got on my radar, you know, after I had become vegan and then one to say many was born. So there's the cliff notes version. Yeah. So you're almost 50. When did you turn vegan? Uh, about six years ago. So 44. I was, 44. but before that, I was a vegetarian for about 16 years. So, you know, in my mid 30s, I was mid to late 30s, I was vegetarian. Okay. What was the shift for you from pre, pre vegan, pre vegetarian to vegetarian vegan? I am a lot different than most vegans and that it's kind of all a blur for me. Like I know a lot of people celebrate, celebrate their vegan anniversary and a lot of people went uh, vegan for a specific reason, but I was someone that uh, even when I went vegan, I thought dairy cows were happy and I thought like chickens were happy. And I, you know, I subscribed to that same mindset that, you know, most of our population thinks that like, it's just a wonderful place. So when I went vegan, it was more, of a health slash challenge, like to see if I could do it. And then once I had become vegan, then I kind of started to open my eyes that veil was lifted and I started to see how cruel uh, those industries were. And that eventually, uh, you know, led to the activism. So that's interesting because I would classify Brent as a little bit later in life. I think it's probably harder to change in your forties than in your teens. When you're a teenager, you're still figuring shit out. So I think that's interesting. I also think it's interesting that it came from a health perspective to get you started. But then you became more of an activist. And right now, knowing you post-activism, Brent, you're like one of the most militant out there activists that I know. <laughs> I know. Like his heart, <laughs> yep. his heart is so into it. He can't watch those sad videos because he'll sit there and oh, cry kills me. Yeah. which is crazy because he didn't even come this way because of that but now he has become that so yeah if you're a pre-vegan if you're on your journey things change i think that's the one of the biggest insights i've learned in the last couple of years is don't think you have it all figured out because you're going to learn some shit in the next couple of years the next decades that completely change your path and that's okay it's okay to change 
fact, I encourage it. So yeah, it's I'd never say too late. Question everything because once you become vegan, there's this veil that is lifted and you're like, oh my God, if I've been fooled about that my entire life, what else out there am I being fooled about? And it's just like one thing after the other. Like once you like open your eyes to one thing, it's like everything, everything you see, you just see everything differently. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's never too late to transition. Like I, I was on a podcast the other day and it was not a vegan podcast. It was a bodybuilding podcast. And um, they were, you know, shocked that I was vegan. And it's funny because, you know, all of us, we're surrounded by vegans all the time. So I kind of forget how shocking it is to be a yeah. bodybuilding vegan. And he was just asking me all these questions. He was like, oh, I could never do it. Like I could never do that. And his excuse was, you know, he was in his fifties. Like there was no way that he would be able to change after, after years and years of doing that. And I'm like, well, people do it. My mom went vegan at 62 yeah. and um, absolutely turned her life around. And so, yeah. And there's tons of stories out there of people like uh, on, on Instagram, there's tons of influencers of people who have turned their life around at all different points in their life. Um, it's so it can absolutely be done. I think it's almost just kind of an excuse, uh, you know, like, well, I've been this way my whole life and might as well just keep going this way. But um, it's, it's kind of like, like you said, Brent, I think when some people are, um, you know, forced to see this kind of health perspective, because not everyone's going to care about the animals or even just be educated on the animals. One, because the industries do such a great job of hiding that. Yes. Um, cow. Yeah. Wait, yeah. no, that was a good one. What am I thinking of? Fair, uh, Fairfield or? Oh, fair life. Fair life. Fair life. Yeah. Right. Happy um, cow is good. You can use happy cow to find yeah. vegan restaurants. Fair life is anything but fair to the lives of the cows. Probably one of the worst. Yeah. And, but like, they'll have like a happy cow or like, um, what's the bluebell ice cream? Like, it's like a girl, like walking a cow and it's like all these happy animals, you know, on the, um, on the cartons when people don't realize that's just marketing. That's all that is. But you know, these industries do such a good job of hiding this information. I mean, literally if you go in, film it, um, you could be in prison for life. I mean, it's a felony. It's crazy. And then not only that, but I feel like um, there's just some cultures that don't value animals the way that we do. Like you look at um, here, nobody would eat a dog or a cat. Like we've at least made it that far. But you go to some countries and they're eating dogs, they're eating cats. And they're just like, yeah, sorry. You know, so it's well, just like, crazy. Um, but like when people are confronted with some sort of health issue, I feel like people more than likely will change. Yeah. And I think just how toxic our world is, like I've said this, I think I said this on episode one, I just, I feel like at some point, the majority of the world is going to be plant-based just because the world is so toxic and chronic disease is more rampant than ever. People are going to have no choice. Yeah, they'll figure out someday food is medicine. Or we'll just all die. Your choice, your choice. That's, That's what hits it home for me, like watching What the Health again. I came vegan for the animals. There was nothing that could dissuade me from it. You told me I can't be a bodybuilder. You told me I can't be healthy. You told me I'm going to be fucked up, whatever. Like, I don't care. I mean, you tell me it's going to kill me in 10 years. I don't care. I'm going to do it for the animals. I don't care. But then there are the health benefits. And I, I, I realized that as a competitive bodybuilder, 
my blood work comes back better. I think I'm extending my career doing something very unhealthy, like competitive bodybuilding, pairing that with something healthier, like plant-based. Then I forget the biggest part. I, I do think it's even bigger than, than maybe the animals and my health is the environment, the world. Mm -hmm. if, if we don't, if we don't change for ourselves or for the animals, at least for the planet, if you want to have a space for your grandkids, or even if you don't want to have kids for future generations or for future animal generations, we're going to have to give it a factory farm. There's, there's just no way. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever see a fully vegan world. And you know what? Maybe that's okay. Like there's groups in, in Africa and South America of like rural indigenous people and they still go out and hunt, but that's kind of how when people, a lot of, a lot of people that eat meat say, Oh, it's a circle of life. Well, a factory farm with 80 chickens crammed into a cage for 40 days before they're killed is, is not the circle of life. But if you're running around a loincloth with a bow and arrow, do you, bro? I mean, maybe that's the best that they can do. And maybe they're happier that way. I don't really have a problem with that. Or if you're in a third world country and you're literally starving to death and you got to go eat a rat. Like I had somebody tell me they wouldn't go vegan because what if they're in a third world starving, third world country starving and they had to eat a rat to live? And I was like, Eat the freaking rat, man, but you're not. Publix is open. Walmart's open. You got options here. So that changes, you know, we we, we we need to try and be the change that we want to see in the world. Otherwise, there's not going to be a whole bunch of a world left. Anyways, I think we are moving in the right direction. I believe there's more vegans now than ever. Let's be a little bit positive. We got people like Brent walking around with this pastel colored thing, me being funny with the only plants. <laughs> Brooke. You doing all that you do on your end. I know so many people look up to you and see that you do it. So they know that they can too. So I, I think we're moving in the right direction. It, the fact that we're having this podcast, this discussion, we are moving in the right direction. So I'm going to have a little bit of positivity. Back to you. Yeah, for sure. What in the world made you decide you work a full-time job, you go to the gym, you you have a life. Why would you start something like Want to Save Me? Well, uh, it just... It, it was like a small project that like uh, snowballed into one to save many. Uh, I think, Brooke, I think you've heard this story before. I I was actually not for animals. I was just doing pay it forward. Like I'd go into Starbucks and I'd buy a gift card and give it to the barista and just say, hey, you know, if you get somebody in here that's having a bad day, buy them a cup of coffee. And, um, and then that at some point kind of evolved into, hey, how could I do that for an animal? Like how can I do an animal pay it forward? So uh, at my, my normal company, we, you know, uh, make T-shirts, we make um, bags, we make all kinds of things. And, you know, um, and we had to make some transfers and I had an open spot on them. And that was the initial design, which was a V-Gains. And it was actually just I had a little extra space on something I was doing for my other company. So what I ended up doing is making 100 shirts that said V-Gains on them. And I reached out to a bunch of my vegan fam on Instagram and I said, Hey, are you interested in a shirt? I'll send it to you for free. You just donate to your local charity when you get it. And that was kind of like the birth of one to say many. So people were so excited, like the shirts, the idea, uh, the donating to charity, like everybody just got like really excited about it. So uh, then it evolved into an Etsy store, which did not go well. Um, not a big fan of Etsy. Sorry, Etsy. Um, so, but that made me go bigger. That made me like actually create a one to save many website 
And then it just started going out of control after that. Like it's, um, you know, you and John, you know, have been, you know, uh, putting it on your uh, Instagram accounts and, uh, you know, helping, you know, grow it. And it's just like, it's just like really, uh, really blown up. Interesting. That doesn't sound too hard. All you got to do is just get some <laughs> heat transfers and and throw it up on Instagram. Yeah, and that, it's, anybody can do it. That, that, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> See, I, I run a clothing company too, so I have an idea, but I also have business partners, and it's not my full time gig, and it's not as busy as I want to save many. So, I think people have no clue what goes into this. I know people have no clue because I made a post. Showing that every single yeah. freaking shirt, tote, water bottle, you name it, that you have yep. from One to Save Many has touched his hands. Yeah. Not just touched his hands. He's put the logo on there. Yeah. So you're starting to think, all right, well, I can do a shirt in five or ten minutes. Well, well, we've done a few thousand shirts. Like, I mean, what? So how do you find time for this? Uh <laughs> Um, I just, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I just, I, I, I've always, I actually, this is my third business. So I actually have two other businesses and I just either sacrifice sleep or sacrifice other areas of my life, uh, work weekends, work nights, whatever it takes. I just, I just, my life is very full. I mean, it's to a fault. My life is very full, but, um, I'm passionate. So feels good it does sometimes it kills you but it feels good it does yeah there's a there's a lot that goes into it and also you have um your other business is um correct me if i'm wrong but it's like a tech it's like a tech kind of company isn't it so yeah. you are very familiar with like the equipment that would be required and um the the process that that would go into creating these shirts well, yes and no. That like so, the T-shirt portion of it was new to me. Like so, my my main business is uh, technical tools, like for the skill trades, and the, the we actually had bought the equipment to make shirts and bags for a project for that, and I and I learned how to do that. <laughs> you make stickers too. <laughs> um, but where it got complex with one to save many is we have. Uh, imagine five different styles, 11 different colors. Each of those has like six different styles. You multiply that times the number of designs. Like collectively, there's 700 like combinations of shirts. Oh, I bet there's like probably closer to like a few hundred thousand. If you look at all the, the sizing, yeah. color, logo, you got like, I don't know, six, seven different sizes. Yeah. 11, maybe 10 or 11 colors. Yeah, on, on, a, on a lot of them. And the, yeah. the, the complexity with that is I can't, unless I, you know, wanted to go out and invest a million dollars in stock, there's no way to, like, get all of those shirts. So that means everything is made to order. So we have the stocks. We have the stock shirts, like, just kind of blanks. We have all the transfers. When somebody places an order, the only way to do it right now is to make everything to order. So that's that's kind of the complexity. So, you know, the show that, you know, John and I are going to be doing – uh, this Saturday in Orlando, the vegan block party, you know, he and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out 
you know, okay, what shirts do we want? Because it's not like we can just pull them off the shelf. They actually all have to be made. So I spent the past, you know, weekend over, I don't know, past month and a half, two months, like making shirts for this event. So that is a complexity. Hopefully someday um, it'll be big enough where we can have that volume pre-made on the shelf. But like right now it's, it's, I mean, it is what it is, but I'm, 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 I'm actually, I hate making t-shirts, but when I'm doing it and uh, I don't mind it because I, I, for the cause, I don't mind doing it at all. It, it feels good. Like John said, it feels good to do it. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of spitballing out loud here. What we could start doing is like limited releases, like make this a limited release, get 50 of them. Once yeah. those sell out, then we do the only plants that way. I mean, you go go to one. Watch this. Go to one to save mini.com right now. Pick out your own custom shirt, custom color, custom size. Order it, and this guy's gonna go make it for you. That's how it works right now. <laughs> I hope by this time next year, during season fourteen of the podcast, that's right, Brooke. We're doing fourteen seasons. <laughs> um, we'll be able to bring him on and be like, "So, how did you scale that? How are you selling shirts to a million people a year now?" That, that's that's where I want to take it because. That will change the world. We we've hit on something, Brent and I kind of figured this out. That it's great to donate for charities. Yes, it's it's great to be vegan. Yes, but we can even do more. We can wear it. If you go around in a vegan shirt, you are, as Brent likes to say, a walking billboard. So I don't leave how I don't leave home without it. Like you go back and watch all these podcasts. I've had a vegan shirt, more Brooks shirts, this shirt, Bible vegan shirt. I'm always wearing it because I'll meet other vegans out and about, and it's cool. And I think if we all wore that and we all put it out there, one, we'd be emboldened. We'd be like, oh, hey, there's more than two of us. But also, more people would see us. More people would be open to that idea of potentially changing. Well, yeah. for me, the, the, uh, one of the big things, too, is one to say many started more relating to the fitness side, as you both know, you know, wearing, you know, wearing, you know, you both are extremely, you know, have amazing physiques and being in the, the gym, like wearing a shirt that indicates that you're a vegan, letting other people in the gym that thinks, you know, vegans are frail, protein deficient humans, like you're constantly disproving that by wearing the shirt. So that was kind of like the initial idea. And that opens up a lot of conversations, like being in a gym, you know, being John size, like wearing a shirt that indicates he's a vegan. Like how many people come up and talk to you on a regular basis and think that you're joking? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like laugh and I'm like, Oh, what's funny. And they're like, you're joking that you're vegan. And I'm like, one, two, <laughs> Three tattoos, dude. No, I'm 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 down for the cause. I'm I'm vegan for life. And they're like, What? What do you eat? And I said, Go check the post that me and Brooke made on Instagram. It's pinned on there so that I don't have to answer this <laughs> five thousand times. So Brent, um, you changed your process like when you first started, people would would donate themselves. So like that yeah. part was on them. And now you pool the money yourself and then donate, correct? Yep. Well, so much? what, yeah, what do people like who want to go buy a shirt? Like, where is that money going? Like what kind of sanctuaries or like organizations are you donating to now? So right now it's not like a standardized process. So um, as I build relationships with sanctuaries, my, my ultimate goal is to find smaller sanctuaries that are desperate. Mm -hmm. Like um, 
Karma Sanctuary is an example, you know, hooking up with uh, meeting Alex, learning more about his sanctuary. Uh, we just added a website. We added their shirts on the websites. 100% of profits from their shirts go to it. So it's it's an ever-evolving process. Um, I just uh, hooked up with this this uh, nonprofit, which does accreditation for sanctuaries. And I've been talking to them. Uh, it's another way to find, you know, which sanctuaries to donate to. Because if I'm being honest, there are so many sanctuaries that need help. And the amount of money that one to say many generates is like hardly enough to make a difference to one, let alone all of them. So, yeah. I mean, at least right now, hopefully in the future, you know, more and more people will, you know, uh, either go and donate to sanctuaries, you know, because they're, you know, they recognize through one to say many that it's a problem or um, maybe end factoring farming, which I know is way down the line where we won't even need sanctuaries to help and save animals, but um, it's, it is definitely complicated. And something John and I were also talking about is another complexity is um, one to save many for all the work that it does and all the shirts that it sells, the volume of profits that it actually has to give, because it's a, I mean, it's a business, it's an overhead. We're buying, uh, we're buying inventory We're you know, uh, we have overhead, we're buying new design. So like, as the as the company is growing there's there's the the profits that are able to go are very small and that's it's exhausting to me it's it's heartbreaking to me so so what we did do is on the website recently we added the ability to donate so like people can go on there in addition to just buying shirts there's an option where they can donate. And since we've done that, there's been a lot of huge hearted people making big donations. And that helps a lot to like actually get more money to go to the sanctuaries. Yeah, that's, that's great. And I think, you know, that's that's one thing that's surprising about One to Save Many is like you're donating, but you're also getting something back. And there's not many yeah. charities where you donate and you also get something. I think the only one that I could think of is possibly WWF. Um, and you know, you could donate and get like a stuffed animal. So if you donated to like, I don't know, some sort of elephant conservation movement, you would get like a stuffed elephant in the mail. And I used to love doing that as a kid. Um, but yeah, so you do have a lot of overhead. So at the end of the day, it's like your, your margins are pretty small, which reminds me of something that Robert talked about, um, on our episode with him is how your dollars overseas can go so much further. So it's like the difference between saving 30 animals versus like 3000 animals. So that may be something, you know, to look into as well. I know, um, veg nutrition, who is my, um, sponsor, they, uh, you know, have protein powders, creatine, all, all the vegan supplement. They're totally vegan company. And, um, I don't know, a certain percentage of their profits go to helping, um, save animals from trophy hunting which is really big yeah. in africa so they go to certain yeah. conservation so like even though it's such a small percentage it makes such a bigger difference in those countries because the american dollar is worth so much more so um you know definitely i think it's good to help local sanctuaries um but you know there's so many animals like all over the world that need saving and there's just so many like you think about just all the things going on, like the, 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 our oceans, um, trophy hunting, um, the, the Yulin dog festival. I mean, there's literally animals all over the world that need our help. So there's, there's so much that, that we can do and contribute to. Well, one, one thing I just want to mention is that they're outside of the money. Uh, one to save many, uh, the awareness, I mean, because you do get a shirt 
that in itself brings awareness, but also like John said, like, so John was somebody that never had charity on his radar. It was like, uh, one to say many is, is what put that on his radar. And there's a lot of people that it's definitely selfless is, is, um, selfish is the wrong word. Like people are coming to the website because they want to buy something that indicates they're vegan. A lot of people are not thinking about like, all the sanctuaries and the factory farming, like a lot of vegans feel like, Hey, I'm vegan. I'm doing, I'm doing a great job. But you know, as John has said in the past, that's like, that's like, you're really neutral at that point. Like, okay, you're not killing animals, but that doesn't mean that you're helping them. And so I feel like one to save many at some level is like letting people know that, Hey, there is another step that you could be doing to, you know, to help animals or to do some activists, you know, you could, you know, you know, either become a walking billboard and wear a shirt, let everybody know you're vegan and, uh, or you can, you know, donate money. So even outside of the ability to, for us to donate money, it, it is uh, raising a lot of awareness. Yeah. 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 I, I used to not put it out there and I just had some talks at the latest table with people and they're like, well, if I looked like you, I'd wear a shirt that says that I'm a vegan. And I said, come on, man. Like I haven't looked like this forever. Even 10 years ago when I'd only been working out for a couple of years, there would still be people that were like inspired by me. Everybody's on a different stage in their journey. Maybe somebody's 300 pounds and they just want to lose some weight. And they see that I'm vegan and that they think that that's a way for them, whether or not I'm this big bodybuilder that I am now. You think when I'm 80 or 90 and I don't look like this, you think I'm going to be wearing a non-vegan shirt? Nope. I'll be still wearing it, assuming I get that far. But the, the thing is, like, you don't have to be at your end goal. I'm not fucking Mr. Olympia yet. Like, I'm not even going to try to be that. But you can still do it. At, at your own pace along the way. You don't necessarily have to wear a vegan bodybuilding tee if you won't want to. This one looks great. You you can start whenever you're ready. And I what I missed out on is I never told anybody. I'm not sure why. Even once I became more confident in myself, I didn't. And I had one guy that we had trained at the same gym for a few years. I left town, came back a few years later, and I'm wearing a vegan shirt. And he's like, whoa, dude, you left and you became vegan. I'm like, I was vegan 10 years before I knew you, <laughs> but how was he supposed to know? Yeah. I never put it out there. And so like, I play a little game with people that come up to the table. They'll be like, Oh my gosh, look at all these shirts. And I'll be like, Oh, Hey, how are you? Are you a vegan? And they'll be like, yes, I am. And I'll be like, how am I supposed to know? You don't have anything on you that shows that you're a vegan. And they're like, uh, and I'm like, but we got this <laughs> table full of shirts. It all goes to charity. Why don't you put it out there and save some animals at the same time? Like, really, there's no brainer here. So, yeah, that's how we're going to create a movement. We got to we got to put it out there, starting with ourselves and then showing other people. And like Brent said, taking it to that next level, putting putting some back into the world. Yeah. And I mean, if you're a vegan and, and you don't feel like you represent vegans, well, like <laughs> do something about it. I mean, you know, you're not we're not stuck. Like there's, there's always things that, that we can do better. So, I mean, if you feel like, you know, you could be a little bit more muscular or be in better shape, then do it, prove it, you know, prove it to the people around you. Yeah. You only, only have to change one person to make a difference. Exactly. Yep. And if you need a coach, 
<laughs> yep, insert coaching here. Yeah, so it's it's really that easy. But also, we're also our our heart, hardest critic. Um, so probably I think some of us feel like, gosh, I look terrible. I can't represent veganism this way. And really there's probably hundreds of people who would want to look like you and have your health and have your vitality. So, um, you know, but, you know, just, just represent your lifestyle in, in the best way that you can. And that doesn't always mean being fit either. I mean, you know, um, maybe you're a, a doctor that's really intelligent, you know, your stuff and you've helped a lot of people and, that's a great way to advocate for veganism too. And, um, there's so many other ways to do it, but, um, yeah. So I feel like, uh, with one to save many, you've got quite a few challenges for scaling and growth, but, um, I think the more that people help and contribute, you know, the more that, that we can do to help animals, obviously. So, um, hopefully people listening will, will go check out the website and, uh, we have some new designs too. So, a lot, a lot of new ones recently. Um, we've just, for the longest time, we we're just doing single color, and now lately, we've just found a good process for for making color ones. So, you know, I feel like the last, I don't know, four of them have all been like new color designs. So, like literally a month ago, we didn't have a multicolor logo. Yeah. And a month ago, we didn't have a white shirt. Now we got both. So yeah. we're we're constantly expanding, growing. Just got to find some more Brents to get in there and and work on it. So that it's not all on the staff's shoulders, but I, th I think we will. I think we have some processes coming up that we can put into play that will. And I'm talking as if I run this ship. Brent does all the work. I'm trying to help him brainstorm and bring some things to the table that aren't there right now. But it's gonna grow. It's it's gonna get big. It's I mean it, it's already I would say pretty big. I mean we got thousands of shirts running around out there. Yeah. Getting tagged and if you think about it, I mean this started in the idea started in July of twenty twenty two. So it hasn't even been two years yet. That's insane. Oh yeah. I mean That's it's huge. I, yeah, like if you looked at the you know, the tra the trajectory of you know, when to save money for how small it was and how where it's at now, I mean it's it's definitely it's it's gonna it's gonna make a difference. Another year, two years, it's gonna make a huge difference. So let's say in a perfect world, like five years from now, what would be your ideal vision for one to save many? Wow. Um, I mean, it's for me, it's just about about impacting as many people as possible. So whether it's tomorrow or a year from now or five years from now. Um, that's a great question, Brooke. I mean, the end goal is to eliminate factory farming, but I mean, the, the bridge between one to save many and that is like a big one. So I, I, and I, and I feel like I'm learning more every day. Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, my vision now is different than my vision, you know, a year ago was, or back in July of 2022. It's just like, as, uh, as I learn more, uh, as I experience more, as I meet more people, like my vision gets, you know, bigger and bigger. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a definitive response other than just to say the biggest impact that I can make. I think that's enough. Yeah. I mean, you're already doing, it's crazy because you're already doing so much more than you were in the beginning. So I, I feel like if I had asked you that when you first started, like you wouldn't have even been able to imagine, you know, you'd be doing events, you'd be doing tables, you'd be making $1,000 in sales, um, you'd have all these colors, you'd have all these people representing the brand. So it's kind of like, 
Yeah. You know, who knows how big it'll be in five years, but um, hopefully, you know, we can, we can definitely grow it in and help some more animals um, and, and get some awesome new designs. Cause I love everything that's been coming out lately. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I mean, a sh shout out again to my friend, Sam and my friend, Anthony, uh, they're both like really talented uh, artists and they have, they just gave their designs, you know, cause they're both you and know, vegan, vegan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Both, both vegan. Yes. I mean, both of them, uh, Anthony, uh, uh, Costa is a, um, an activist. Like he just, uh, helped shut down a racetrack in Plymouth, Michigan. And Sam is, you know, she has her own version of, uh, events that she does to, you know, raise money for, for animals. So, uh, yeah, they're both awesome people. And I come up with cool designs too. Who? Me. <laughs> this was my idea. Yeah. I mean, I did outsource it to somebody that can do this kind of stuff for me, but I thought of it sort of. I had a client that said, "Yeah, you have only fans. You should make an only plants account. And I was like, <laughs> I am taking that one and running with it. Um, speaking of running, I'm going to run in the bathroom. So you guys oh, do great. you. I, when you, <laughs> if you're a bodybuilder and you have a water bottle a little bigger than Brooks, uh, giant yeah. shaker there. Right. No pressure, Brooks. Just yeah, this is. This has become um, a kind of custom thing now. John running to the bathroom, and then I entertain our guest. <laughs> um, well, I did want to ask you a question, and John can jump in when we get back. Because um, you and I talk a lot about things that we want to see, you know, change within the vegan community, especially on, like, social media. Um, you know, because some people represent veganism in different ways. And, you know, I, I'm excited for Robert Cheek's book. Um, because he actually has data on ways that, you know, is this advocate at form of advocism har harmful or is it beneficial? Um, is this actually hurting people? Is this helping people? So I'm excited to read his book for that reason. Um, but I'm just curious, like from your view, what would you like to see change as far as, uh, you know, how the vegan community approaches advocating for animals um i don't want to talk out of school but one of the things that bothers me is is a lot of the big social influencers the big social vegan influencers uh, on instagram use their platform for what seems to be um making money and they're not using their platform to help animals that that is something which always surprises me when i first started doing this, I thought like every vegan was an activist. Like, and I know it sounds naive now, but like, I literally thought every vegan thought the same way I did. Like every vegan, like had the, you know, the animals interest at heart and they were doing this to help the, help the animals. And, you know, over my past almost two years doing this, I've learned that that's not the case. And there's like a lot of really big, um, vegan, um, social media influencers that just seem like they really don't do that much for animals. And that shocks me and disappoints me. So I would say that's probably a big one for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel like there, there is some of that out there and I, I got a comment one day on, uh, I don't know. You guys remember that reel I made where it was comparing animal protein to plant protein and I yeah. kind of broke it down and, um, one of the points that I included was there was no animal suffering, you know, like the beef versus yeah. TVP, for example, there was no animal suffering. And I got so many comments of people saying 
that they were so glad that I included that because there's not a lot of people who point that out. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it is kind of surprising to me and not that I'm the person, I, I don't share a lot of those like kind of bloody gory videos of animals, just mo- mostly because I feel like my, my audience is already mostly vegans. Uh, truly. I do have like some bodybuilders and competitors in there, but most of my audience is already v- vegan. And I feel like that can be very triggering for some people like, like you, Brent, I, d- I just don't want to go on Instagram and I just don't want to see poor yeah. animals being like just abused. It's just, I mean, I can maybe deal with one or two, but I'm certainly not going to post that every day. Um, but there is a way that you can advocate without having to do that, you know, um, right. which I think hopefully I'm, I'm hoping like crossing my fingers that in Robert's book, that's what he finds is that yeah. there are lots of positive ways that you can advocate for um, animals, you know, without having to, show those kind of graphic images. Um, but I do think it's important, you know, to talk about the health benefits of veganism because that will influence some people, whereas maybe the animals right animal rights won't. But I do think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that that's what we're doing. That's, that's the whole mission is to reduce suffering um, and increase compassion with people. Um, even if it's just like, a meatless Monday, like one day a week, like yeah, it's still yeah. something. Um, so, so yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. And I, and I wish, you know, more people would speak up about that and it doesn't necessarily have to be in a dramatic, you know, gory kind of way, but even yeah, just I, like I, as I simple in that say, post. I, I, I agree very much. Like I, I am not a fan of the bloody post. And when I went vegan, I feel like those actually pushed me the other direction for most of my life. When I saw that stuff, it pushed me the other direction. When I finally became vegetarian, it's because I had somebody that led by example. They didn't do any of that. They were just kind of like showing me, you know, the compassionate side. So I think leading by example is, you know, in my opinion, the way to do it, but you still have to get the information out there to somebody. I'm not suggesting you do it by showing them slaughterhouse videos, but you can at least there's other ways that you can let people know like, Hey, what's, what's actually going on in dairy farms and what's going on like in, you know, like uh, factory farming, you can like let people know what's going on without like, you know, showing them the the gruesome videos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, so I've been invited to several different activist events. Um, there was, what is that anonymous for the voiceless? I believe that's what it is. Okay. So I got, I, I knew a guy who was part of that and he wanted me to come out. They were doing this big thing in Atlanta and um, you know, initially I was just like, yeah, sure. I'm down. That sounds great. And then they told me what we were going to have to do. And we were going to have to hold like these, these dead, uh, dead baby pigs and like, yeah. And like cover ourselves in blood and stuff. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I like, I can't do that. Like not even because I I just don't want to like come off a certain way to people, but I just like, I don't want to, I can't do Like I literally can't do that to me. It's like holding my dead dog. Like, I don't know. I just, I couldn't do that. And then another example is I got invited to this, um, I guess, activist event where these people, they went down to this local vegan restaurant, um, Cafe Sunflower, and they bought like a whole bunch of different food, like um, some some buffalo wings, all kinds of different appetizers, and they would just pass it out in Piedmont Park and tell people like, hey, on you know, what do you think about this? How do you like it? And people were like, wow, it's pretty good. Like, I, I would definitely eat this. I would order this. And they'd be like, did you know it's vegan? 
And then the people would be shocked and be like, oh my gosh, no way. Like, where is this from? Where can we get this? And it opened up a whole conversation where I feel like the other one would, would really scare people and even prevent some vegans from wanting to be a part of it. Um, I, yeah. you know, of course there's a time and place for that. I understand that. But, um, like the latter, I just feel like that one is so much more inviting and it opens conversations and it opens questions. And so that you can actually talk to these people like as your equal, like, and they don't feel judged. They don't feel like they're, they're being put on the spot. Um, so I, I really like that form of activism and I kind of feel like in a way that's kind of what you're doing with one to save many too. It's just very positive and, um, it's just making a, a very good impact on people without being judgmental in a way. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, in Michigan, there's a, a, a charity veg Michigan and, and I feel like I mean, they're not doing anything directly with animals, but what they do is they go out and set up tables at colleges or schools or wherever, and they bring vegan food and they let people try the vegan food and they give them bags of sample food and they're just showing them, hey, this is how easy it is. And that's how they convert people to plant-based diets, like not shoving the animals in their face. They're just showing them how the healthy, you know, the healthy benefits of eating it. So kind of like, you know, the, the you're talking about Robert Cheek's book. Here's a great example of a charity that is helping animals without doing anything like that i cannot wait to read the impactful vegan yeah i, I need too. i need to know how to be effective in what i'm doing everybody's obviously different i think the slaughterhouse videos would have worked on me at such a young age at any age like had i not already been introduced to it by a friend i think that would have worked on me i do yeah i even saw one the other day scrolling on instagram of a pig being slaughtered and yeah there's blood all over the like you don't realize how much blood there is and i i've been in this for a while and i was like i don't want to see that i'm scrolling to the next because it's, it's just gonna it's gonna maybe bring me down right now but if i was not vegan that might have reached out to me but clearly there's other ways to do it i even when i had my bodybuilding vegan pizza eating contest for charity there were some slices left over. This kid came in. He thought he could beat me. And he's like, oh, I'm going to order, you know, a cheese. And I was like, no, 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 no. The contest is for the bodybuilding vegan pizza. We got two vegan cheeses, two vegan meats. It's, it's got to be the same one I had. And he looks at the pizza. He's like, that one? I said, yeah, you, you can even try a slice. See if you like it first. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. I can't. I'm Muslim. I can't have pork. And I said, I get that. It's vegan. And he said, no, 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 there's there's pork on that pizza. I said, that's not real meat, bro. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you didn't know? And he's like, no, I didn't know that there were non-meat options. I said, try it. Dude ate three slices and left, but he didn't even order because he got his fill off. <laughs> off he's like, I'm coming back. I'm bringing yeah. my friends. Yeah. And so I, it hadn't even clicked to me because I'm not Muslim. I don't practice not eating pork out of a religious reason. There's whole communities we could probably reach and target that would love to have vegan pork. Yeah. And and so being, even thought of that. being effective is is what I want to do in my own journey. So figuring out the best way to reach people. I have tried to just lead by being an example, being more vocal, being positive, like like Brant had mentioned. But I think there's a time and a place for all of it. I do think some of the more extreme activism probably does work for some people. So it's almost like a game. How can we get the highest score? Yeah. And unfortunately lives are on the line. So that's where 
that's where I'm struggling with putting myself first is like, I could work another hour if that saves another animal. But if I kill myself working, I can't exactly save animals the rest of my life. So trying to strike that balance. Then we have some more topics. Well, let's jump into this. How does exercise and nutrition translate into owning a business? We talked a little bit off air. We're three business owners here. Actually, I think we all own multiple businesses just about. At least Brent does. I do. Brooke, you're you have your miss. I pretty business. much have my yeah. I pretty much have my one LLC, which is my coaching. But at the end of the day, you're a coach. You're an influencer. You do a lot more than one thing. Yeah, you have a lot of fingers, all like different divisions of me. Yeah. Well, all yeah, and I do represent a lot of brands. Um, so I guess that's a that's a little bit different. But uh, yeah, I, I me and John were talking a little bit about this off air because I thought it would be something. Um, helpful for people listening since, um, you know, I mean, everybody wants to be more productive. Everybody wants to um, excel and be successful, make more money, you know, whatever. But um, we were just talking about how going through a fitness journey, you know, is, is so much more than just how you look. Um, and you learn so many things like discipline, commitment, um, so many things that can be applied to your business. And, um, increasing your performance there and just being able to be a, a better business owner. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what you guys have to say about that and how it's helped you. Well, I mean, uh, for me, uh, I don't know about, I don't think either one of you guys went to college for business. You're all, you're both like kind of self-taught by uh, hard knocks. Is that accurate? Or have either you went to school for a business? I have a business degree. Okay. It did jack shit. <laughs> okay. You okay. want to start a business, go work for a small business owner, go learn it in the field. That's my humble advice. But well, yeah, I have, I have a bachelor's in psychology. Oh, well, <laughs> that could help a business. I, I did take, um, yeah, well, I did psychology. I did marketing uh, in psychology. So I did learn a lot there. But I mean, kind of like John said too, like, I don't know, most of it, um, just came from experience. I did have some good business coaches. I spent like, God, 10 grand on business coaching. And I learned a lot from that. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what your, your college experience was like. So me, I, I didn't even get an associate's degree. I, I, uh, you see that FedEx just pulled up. We got more shirts coming for this weekend. <laughs> Brent's here, but the shirts, <laughs> the shirts are following him. Uh, he shipped them before he left and now they're just not getting here. So, um, sorry. There is a fetish. Oh, so I, I was just going to say, um, I barely graduated high school. I did not do great in college. Um, I am definitely, uh, if you look at my history in life, you would probably think that I was going to fail as a human. And in fact, I think a lot of my friends and family probably did think that I was going to fail. So, um, but at one point in my life, there was an opportunity that I saw and I took this little seed and, you know, grew it into a big business. And, and it was a very difficult learning experience. And I look back over the past, you know, 20 years of my life and growing the business. And I've been through deep depressions. I've dealt with anxiety. I've, I've dealt with, you know, years of 80, 90 hour work weeks. Like, um, and I would say the one thing that I lacked in all that time was balance. And that's something John and I talk uh, a lot about because I still lack balance, but Working out definitely helped. Um, 
Yes and no. I mean, some sometimes I'm burnt out and I should be going home and sleeping, but instead I'm going to the gym and working out for a couple hours. So sometimes it does, you know, compound issues, but um, I feel like uh, balance is the one thing that uh, I struggle with. And if, if there was anybody watching this that was going to start their own business, I would say their, their sanity should be something that they pay attention to and they don't overwork themselves and they do pay attention to um, not burning themselves out because that was something that uh, I did multiple times and it always had horrible effects of it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Balance is something I, I had to teach myself too, but I, I'm pretty much a solo act. I mean, I, I have an assistant, but um, I mean, he, he helps me with, uh, you know, like administrative stuff, but otherwise I'm pretty much doing everything on my own. Um, so like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, just giving myself those boundaries is, has been really helpful for me, but absolutely like going to the gym, um, is, is my release. <laughs> and I feel like it's, and I try to tell my clients that who actually struggle with going to the gym, I, all three of us, I feel like for us, like it, we don't have that issue. Like you don't have to make us go to the gym. So I try to explain that to my clients, like, Hey, this is the hour that you get where you don't have to worry about like what your boss is telling you, uh, what your husband is telling you, you know, whatever it is. And this is your time to be in your zone, put your music on, just focus on your list, just focus on you. That's it. Um, so exercises help me so much in that regard. Um, but also just it's like the classic case of consistency because business is so much the same way. Um, like when I first started, I mean, of course, I mean, I, I feel like I was pretty successful early on in my business career, but even still, like there's times where it takes a big dip and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, Oh shit. Kind of moment. What's going on yeah. here? Uh, might have to go work at Starbucks, but um, you know, it's that, it's that consistency. Like you keep showing up, you keep posting, you keep reaching out to people, you follow up with old clients and then boom, you're right back on it. And it's the same thing same thing with the gym, you know, and it's like the same thing with bodybuilding, for example. Um, you know, I had to increase my income over time. I wasn't just hitting like crazy numbers right off the bat. And it's just like on, on our bodybuilding episode, we were talking about like, don't think you're going to come into bodybuilding and you're going to go pro your first year. Like if you are, you're a genetic freak, but most likely that's not what's going to happen. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take consistently showing up and business is, is so the same. It is exactly the same. You just have to keep showing up. You got to keep staying consistent, putting the work in and, and it'll pay off and, and learning from your mistakes, you know, same thing with a fitness journey. It's like, Oh shit. Well, I can't eat a whole pizza every weekend and reach my goals. So let me stop doing that. Let me reassess here and figure out what I, I should be doing. Call me out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting pizza tonight. We're getting bodybuilding vegan pizzas yes. after we train. So We'll start next week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, it's it's working for you, luckily. So, but you know, it's like business, same thing, you know. Um, and and you also just have to learn to adapt too. It's like you know, so especially God with social media. Um, a few months, something on Instagram might be popping, and you're like, oh yeah, my content's great. And then the next couple months, it's like, well, I'm doing the same thing, but nobody cares to watch it anymore or like it or whatever. So then you have to adapt. Um, and it, it's, it's crazy to me how fitness overlaps with business, but also not really because it's, it's kind of like a big metaphor for just life in general in a way. Yeah. 
I just had an epiphany, like how they're tied in together and how it might help all three of us. I can guarantee in our fitness journey, we've all had to face the challenge that more is not always better. Sometimes less is more being intentional, efficient and effective with what we do. So taking that into business, there's a time and place where my brain is just like, I can't handle anymore. Yeah. I, I want to keep working, but I'm, I'm, I'm at like 50%, you know, normally I could do 10 check-ins in an hour, but I've sat here for an hour and I've done two. It's like some, something's not right. It's the same at the gym. Like you gotta, you gotta regulate yourself and be efficient with your time. You don't become a better bodybuilder by being in the gym for four hours. You become a better bodybuilder by being a better bodybuilder and doing better with the time that you need yeah. to be there. So same with business. Like, I think we can all find ways to, in some ways, scale back or scale out in a way that doesn't hurt us. I, I would say, like, Brooke, you are kind of a one-man show, one-woman show, uh, whatever your pronoun is. We, uh, <laughs> Oh, God, I'm going to get shut down. I'm going to get canceled. Um, anyways, what I'm trying to say is we, we have added to your plate, though. Like, we've... Yeah. We brought on Sean and and we would not have this podcast without Sean. I wouldn't have my YouTube channel without Sean because I can run YouTube. I've done that. I've helped a, a successful business run a YouTube channel where we're having videos get over a hundred thousand views, but I don't have the time for that right now. So Sean, thank you for all you do, but that's, that's how we can take care of ourselves and scale up businesses. Like want to save many and scale up our own personal business, bring more people on the guy that made this logo. It wasn't me, but I gave him a very detailed description of what I wanted because I probably could have done it in about an hour. But why not just pay him whatever his rate was and get that hour back for me so that I can either work on more clients or go to the gym or do whatever I need to do. And that's that's a very big part of my life this year is scaling. I want to I scale everything that I do exponentially because then we can reach more people and then yeah. we can really change the world. So, Brent, it's been... <laughs> What? <laughs> I was going to say it's been an honor, but man, like for those of you that don't know, I'm going to put this out here and this is going to be our, our outro a little bit. Brent came into my life as a client. It's interesting how things come in. He was, he was kind of a pain in the ass because he asked a million what? questions and you, you still ask a million <laughs> questions. But I loved how hard he worked. I loved how much he cared, even with himself. Like he, I've never met somebody that tracked so many variables and spreadsheets. I hope that you've stopped doing that. <laughs> But I went through a really difficult breakup and Brent was there for me. What's interesting is he was still a client at that time. And this, this doesn't always happen. If you're one of my clients, we may or may not get there. But I do open my heart to people that open their heart to me. And Brent helped me through that. In that same week that I went through probably the hardest period of my life, the most depressed I've ever been, I got a vegan shirt in the mail. And it's almost like one door closed, yeah. another one opened. And you've been a mentor for me, a brother for me, a training partner, someone that's been in my life, someone that I can call if I need, if I need support. And, and interestingly enough, my dad, it's funny, it's in our background on here too. My dad gave me the quotes, this too shall pass and you'll figure it out. You always do. And Brent the other night on the phone, I was struggling. I can't call my dad. I called Brent and he said, you already know the answer. It's on your chest. And <laughs> And it was like my dad was speaking to me through Brent. And There's another old joke, see? I'm not going to call you daddy, <laughs> but um, 
Seriously, it, it has been an honor, and you Thank have you, you have changed Thank my life and put me on a path that I don't know. Same with you, Brooke. I mean, I'm just so and, and Sean. Like that's what I want to do. I want to surround myself with people like this because you alter my trajectory, and I want to be as big as I possibly can be, both size and influence and all these things, and financially, not so much for myself, but because that's how I feel like I'll change the world. If I could be Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or Elon Musk, I could change the world. We really, really could. Even Arnold. <laughs> Arnold. And, and again, I, it's funny, Brent and I were talking last night. I got a photo of Arnold, and back in the 70s and 80s, Arnold probably had no clue that he was going to be out there pushing for plant-based diets, pushing for meatless Mondays. So you might not be there yet. You might be one of my clients. You might be somebody just listening because we lift. But ask yourself, like, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want your legacy to be? Ask yourself that question humbly, and how do you want to change the world before you die? So... With that, Brent, you've you've forever changed my life. I love you, bro. I, I appreciate you. you. Too, bro. I didn't mean to make you. <laughs> if you're li if you're listening and you can't see, he's yeah. he's crying just a little bit. He's got a big heart. So, bro, talked a ton this episode. Did you want to say anything before I close this out? Yeah, I mean, for the people listening, um, the three of us are like the, the best friends ever, and like we have we've been through some really hard shit. Right. together um and we're and we're still friends and we're long distance like we maybe see each other in person like once or twice a year hopefully it won't be every time someone does a bodybuilding show but yeah. um you know it's like like these are my ride or dies literally these are these are like the two like two of my favorite people in my whole life and um yeah it's it's and you guys honestly like for me like being a woman I'm just gonna be real like it's hard out here with men like men <laughs> like i'm just gonna like i'm gonna be real and like you guys are just two solid genuine good-hearted men that just give me faith <laughs> uh, like you know you know like you, you know you always hear people say like oh well not all men like you two got you two are the not all men like that's you guys like what if i ever say that because you guys are just you're genuine you're very clear about your intentions you have a good heart um you know, you're, you're willing to be vulnerable. You're willing to put yourself out there as a vegan and, and, you know, just be sensitive, be open. And you don't, you know, you don't have any reservations about it. It's just who you are. Um, so I admire you guys so much for that. And I just, I'm just so glad that I have you guys in my life. And um, yeah, Brent, I'm, I'm so glad that you came on today. Um, oh, thank you for all of that. Yeah. I know you're, I know you're not like the po a podcast guy, um, but well, I'm getting, getting better. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's like, like I said, at the beginning of this, I'm not always the best at articulating my thoughts and, and expressing my feelings in front of a camera. So I'll get better. The more I do it, the better I'll get. But thank you for saying all that very much. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's just, it's so good to have you on and like have, oh, having three of awesome. us. It was awesome. I love you guys. We, we will do this again. Cause there's going to be updates. Yes. Big yeah. updates, big things. Yeah. Coming. And so proud of one to say many, because I mean, it's just, it's really crazy when you put it into perspective like that, like you started in 2022, summer of 2022. I mean, you've grown so much and um, it's, you just, you, you're one of those people, like some people have it. And I, I say it because it's a whole it factor. And I hope you guys know what I'm, what I mean by that. And you have it, like you just are that person. So I'm glad that you have found an outlet to 
touch other people and reach other people, make a difference in something that you're so passionate about because you are absolutely just like um, a great example of, of how vegans should be. And I'm just so grateful that you have one to say many and that you came up with this idea and you found a way that you could get more involved and touch other people and, and be a part of the community because really the world needs you. The vegans need you. Um, so I'm just, I'm so proud of, of how far you've come and what you've built. And it's, it's just I'm glad incredible. you're not here. I'd be hugging the life out of you right now. <laughs> we, need, we need a group hug sometime right. soon. I, I need it in my heart. All right. Brooke, you're awesome. Yes. We all love you. Aww. All right, guys. This has been this has been an honor. Yes. This is Vegans Who Lift. Make sure you are doing all that you can for us. You know, we we want to grow this. We need your help. So you can, of course, follow on to save many. If you get a shirt, tag it, put it out there, show the world. Make sure you're following Vegans Explore. We're going to be bringing you different kinds of foods, different experiences, different street fairs, block parties. Make sure you're following that. Brooke and I both have our own YouTube channels. We both have our own coaching. Whatever you guys can share and support, it doesn't cost anything to click that share button. Go ahead, do the things, like, comment, subscribe, send it. I'm going to do it just like YouTube. Send it to your grandma, send it to your kids, send it to your to your dogs, to Alex's goats. Just get it out there. Get the message out there. You you don't even have to wear the shirt yet if you're not comfortable with that, but you can still share it and send it to your friends. So with that, guys, this has been an honor. Vegans Who Live podcast, we're going to do it again. Take care and have the best day ever. Thank you for listening to the Vegans Who Live podcast, part of the Vegans Explore Network. For show notes and information on how to leave feedback or ask questions, go to veganswholiftpodcast.com or email contact at veganswholiftpodcast.com. Today's episode was executive produced and edited by Sean Russell. For more information on the Vegans Explore Network, visit vegansexplore.com.